0: It was a live blooper today uh, to start off, but now we're doing it right. So today we're asking the question in today's live Bible study with Matt and wrestling with the question, does God change his mind? So uh, let's count it down. what's up everybody matt here and today in bible study live we're talking about a pretty important question and that is this does god change his Minds. now before i get into it let me point out a couple things uh look if you uh have not already subscribed you can head over to youtube.com forward slash jesus way i would love it if you would subscribe it would help me out big time it'll also let you know if you are a youtuber uh when i go live or share new content uh the other thing is this we're kicking off a house church ministry soon and what does that mean it's not a replacement for sunday church it's uh think connect group small group life group mixed with the church but we really feel, my wife and I really feel this calling to um, to gather people together, break bread, and uh, dig into the Bible. And we think uh, when we look at how church was done way back in the day, right, in the early church, we saw a lot of people getting together, sharing a meal, and talking about God. So we're passionate about not only being disciples, but helping others make disciples as, as we want to as well. So if you want to learn more, go to light.church. You can drop your name in there. So you get some info. Um, and dig this. Uh, if you need some prayer, you can also drop that at besaltonlive.church. Or if you need a Bible, we'll buy you one. I'm trying to make all the get started stuff go a little faster this morning. Um, the other thing is this. If you prefer text updates, uh, hey, that's groovy. Text church to eight three three five two four zero five nine two. 524 592 That's eight three three five two four zero five nine two, 524 592 And you'll get updates on when our house church ministry launches. So, whew, All that stuff's out of the way for this morning, and uh, I'm going to actually remove some of the stuff on the right so that it is not a distraction while we're going through today's Bible study, because I really want us to be able to focus on this important question. And that is, does God change his mind? That's a big question, isn't it? So um, we've been wrestling through some stuff this week. We've been digging into the book of Jonah for a couple of days. Oh, by the way, other update. Uh, if you comment now, I should be able to see your comments showing up live. Uh, I did an update with Restream and I'm hoping that that's going to fix that concern. So um, growing up in the church, I have heard things like, uh, God does not change his mind, right? God is consistent. And I've actually heard these things taught, uh, on the basis that that should help give us, um, faith in God more because, uh, when we think of God, not changing his mind, then it means we can count on God because he is consistent he is reliable. God is someone who does not change his mind. God is good. Uh, so we can trust God because he doesn't change his mind. That's that's a lot of what I have been taught growing up. I'm just going to tell you that. And I can understand the comfort that would come in knowing that. But as we've read through Jonah, there was something that was said that was kind of a, a big deal. So I I, want to show you uh, what I'm talking about, and that is this. So we read through um, the story of Jonah, and to recap it, Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh because they were horrible people, right? When they would conquer, they would murder, torture, rape, slaughter. And Jonah knew that if he went and told the people in Nineveh that God was going to wipe them out for their ways, that if they turned, God was going to change his mind and spare them because God is loving and merciful. And Jonah even says, I knew you would do that. That's why I told you I didn't wanna go. And actually at the end of Jonah chapter three, verse 10, this is the New Living Trans, or CSB today. It says, God saw their actions that they had turned from their evil ways. So God relented from the disaster he had threatened with them and he did not do it. It says, God relented. He did not do it. So I started looking up different Bible verses about God changing his mind. Because I said, well, wait a minute. God doesn't change his mind though, right? But here's the thing. As I started wrestling with this more, this morning my wife and I were doing our devotional, and and I was like, you know, this really stood out to me. So we started talking about that. Because the, the Bible does say God is unchanging and things like that. So that's important. But here's a question that it poses, okay? Because if God doesn't change his mind, right? Let's say that if God, if, if that really means God doesn't ever change anything, it poses the question of predestination then, right? Because d- if God doesn't change, did God already decide who's in and who's out? And if that's actually a thing, if God's decided who's in and who's out, um. How do you know if you're in? And how do you know if you're out? And if that's already decided, here's a question: why would someone even need to care about choosing to live a certain way? Like, if God doesn't change his mind and he's already decided he who's in and out, why would anybody change their life? And more importantly, and I'm, I'm gonna throw all these questions out, but then I'm gonna go through and show you what I think I saw today as I've been studying, and I'm gonna study this with you live. But if if It's already decided who's in and who's out, right? If it's a decision God made, like I picked, uh, I picked Bob, but I didn't pick Matt. I picked Dara, but I didn't pick Matt. Or I picked Matt, but I didn't pick Dara. Doubtful. She's way better than me. Um, but I don't think that's how it works anyway. But, but so if God, if God decided who's in and who's out and that doesn't change, then here's a question. Why would Jesus have come to try and get people to understand the truth? So they could change and repent and turn to God focus on the word repent because we hear that all the time right Jesus you know he came so that we would repent and turn to God so we would turn from the direction we were going back to the original direction we were supposed to go well if if if, if God doesn't change his mind why would Jesus try and change ours because God's already determined it right? That's a really interesting question we have to wrestle with if we say God doesn't change his mind, because then wouldn't that also make God kind of cruel because Jesus's death would have been unnecessary, but also wouldn't it be kind of cruel because Jesus is talking to people about uh, the need to change their mind if half of them, it wasn't going to do any good anyway? These are heavy questions to wrestle with. Now, know as I go into this this morning, a couple things. One, I'm, I I do this live because I, I I wanna encourage everyone to get in their Bible and wrestle with the scriptures. Jacob wrestled with God, right? God gave him a name change. We need to spend time in the word. This is not for you to say, Matt, you're right. Five years from now, I could go back and, and redo it live and go, ooh, you know what? I learned something new about this and this is where I was possibly wrong. Um, We should all be digging into the Bible and getting to know God. Don't take my word for it. Don't take Billy Graham's word for it. Don't take your local pastor's word for everything. None of us get it all right all the time. Every single one of us is reading from an interpretation that a human being interpreted to English. uh, And that was interpreted from Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic. Um, God is inerrant. God doesn't make errors. Uh, Human beings, there are words that don't translate right things like that. So just keep that in mind as we read through the scriptures. This isn't for me to tell you how to think. This is me trying to encourage you to wrestle with the tough questions, to feel safe wrestling with asking God questions, and then get in his Bible and ask him to reveal to you answers, okay? So this is what this is all about. It's about creating conversation, not condemnation. And I believe that is what we are supposed to do as the church is to create conversation that will help people seek the truth through Jesus to God in the word. Okay, so there you go. So if God never changes, we're so we're going to dig into some Bible verses though that talk about God's, um, well, God changing his mind so we just uh, looked at Jonah right we just looked at Jonah I'm gonna um, pop this up here on the screen real quick again so we were just reading right here Jonah chapter 3 verse 10 says God saw their actions that they had turned from their evil ways so God relented from the disaster he had threatened them with and he did not do it now here's what I'm gonna do I'm actually gonna pull this up in uh, in the lexicon here. Uh, the Hebrew lexicon. You might be like, "What is like?" This is like the Hebrew of what we're reading. Down here is the English phrases, the Strong's concordance that's like tells you like what are all the root words, like what do they actually mean, uh, and over here is pronunciation. If you want to learn how to you know pronounce Hebrew words, but let's scroll down here because we are. This is Jonah. This is what we we're just reading, um, and it said that uh, they that um, t- they turned from their evil way. Dig this, though. And God repented. Ooh, this is interesting. So that's the, the way the NLT words it. So why would the NLT use that? Let's look. The, the word here, God relented, God turned, God changed his mind. Okay, uh, is that The NLT says God changed his mind. The CSV says God relented. But let's look at, at the what the Hebrew word, um, Naham. Let's look at what that means. So this, we're going to click this H5162. This is, that's the reference number for Strong's, okay? Um, Comforter, repent. So God relented. Let's keep scrolling down, okay? This word um, actually is also used often for um, repenting, like turn from, see right here, repent. So God was going one direction. He sent Jonah with, with a message for Nineveh. I'm going to destroy Nineveh in 40 days. He he did not, and let me be real clear on this, he didn't send Jonah and say, tell the people of Nineveh, I'm going to do this, but if they change, I won't. He flat proclaimed, there was a, a proclamation, I'm going to destroy them in 40 days, go tell them. When Jonah did that, they went, oh man, We've got to change what we're doing, and if we do, perhaps God will change his mind. So they all repented, went into mourning, covered themselves in sackcloth, and God did change his mind. But that's not the only example in the Bible we see of this. So let's look at another one. This is Jeremiah 18. Uh, And as we go through Jeremiah 18, um, we get to verse 8. It says, so I did as he told me and found the powder working at his wheel, but the jar he made did not turn out as he hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay and started over. Oh, let me share the screen with you. Then the Lord gave me this message. Oh, Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done with the clay? So God is going to listen Israel. Can't I just go and start over just like the potter just did with the clay? He says, if I announce that a certain nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down and destroyed, but then that nation renounces its evil ways, I will not destroy it as I planned. Hmm. God changed his mind again? What, what, what? What are you, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did we just read about God changing his mind? And let's look down here again. Here's that word again. God says, this is the King James. So they use the word repent, which we just looked up this wrong word. but let's see, because it's the same exact word that was used when God spoke about changing his mind in Nineveh. It says, if they turn from their evil, I will repent. Wait a minute, God repents? See, we've been using, and I want to hang on this word for a minute. We often hear repent as it's a word used for sinners only. You must repent of your sinful ways and turn back to God. But the Bible, God himself is using this word, Naham, okay, nay ham i don't speak hebrew well or at all to be honest god himself is saying i if they change i will repent when he said with nineveh they changed their way so i repented so repentance isn't it it is not a word it's just associated with sin repentance means i'm going to turn from the direction i'm going back to the direction that things should be going that that things were originally planned to be going. If we start at the beginning of humanity in the Bible, God created man in his image. We were created perfectly. We were created in the image of God. That's the direction we were going. Sin enters the world, we started going a different direction. So when we do talk about us and our sin, yes, repentance means to turn away from sin, but we look at repentance as a turn from instead of a turn to often. What we should turn to is the original direction which is god's way god himself right here is saying if they change their evil ways i will repent god didn't want to go the direction doesn't want to go any direction of of punishment it's not what he wants God wants to go back the original direction, which is community and loving relationship with us. So this God who everybody says is unchanging, doesn't change his mind, says here in Jeremiah 18, 8, that if this nation will turn from their evil, I will repent. God is saying, God is saying he will repent. Doesn't God doesn't sin, so it doesn't mean he's going to turn from sin, but he's saying he will go from the direction that he He has said, I'm going to go here to going back to, I'm going to go back the original direction. We should have gone walking together all along. I'm going to change my mind. God says in Jeremiah 18, 8, I'm going to change my mind. But hey, you know what? That's only two, right? Maybe it's only two verses. We have Jonah and Jeremiah. But hey, what, I mean, are there, are there more? Well, let's look at Exodus. Exodus 32. Now, if you know the story of Exodus, if you don't, I'm going to give you a little like a snap, snippet. But if, if you do, then you know. Hebrew people were enslaved in Egypt under Pharaoh. Moses, let my people go. Pharaoh finally, after all the plagues, boom, let's it go. Yeah, right? So they're out. They're out of Egypt. Okay? They go and make a golden calf. A golden calf. Come on. They have the God of the universe uh, on top of a mountain in a cloud. He's walking with them, a, a, a pillar of smoke by day, a, a cloud of fire by night. Like, here's the God of the universe. with the, And they're like, well, let's make a golden calf to worship. It's ridiculous. So Exodus 32, and we're just going to look at this really quick here, right? God saw how long it was taking, or when people saw how long it was taking Moses to come down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron, come on, they said, and make us some gods who can lead us. You've been following. I digress, but it's nutty. They've been following God, right? big old pillar of fire. And they're like, hey, make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us up here from the land of Egypt. So Aaron says, take the gold rings from yours. Yada, yada, yada. They took all the stuff they melted it down. And what did they do? Uh, When the the, people, they molded it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, oh, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Really? The thing you just made? Knuckleheads. Hearing how so excited they were, they built an altar. Then announced, tomorrow there's going to be a festival. People got up. Lord said to Moses, good on the mountain. The people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. How quickly they've turned away from the way I commanded them to live. They melted down gold. They made a cap. They bowed. They sacrificed. They're saying, oh, these are your gods who brought you out of Egypt. Then the Lord said, I've seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Now leave me alone. So here's where, here's where it gets meaty, friends. Here's where it get, gets meaty. By the way, if you're watching this, do me a favor. Drop a comment wherever you're watching it so that I know you're you're with me. You're engaged you're seeing this just take a moment drop a comment okay just let me know you're here click like drop a comment let me see that you're alive and you exist okay god says so now leave me alone so my fierce anger can blaze against them and i will destroy them then i will make you moses into a great nation that's interesting because God just said, I will destroy them and I will make you a great nation. But Moses tried to pacify the Lord, his God. Oh, Lord, he said, why are you so angry with your own people who you've brought out of the land of Egypt with such great power and a strong hand? Why let the Egyptians say their God rescued them with the evil intention of slaughtering them in the mountains and wiping them from the face of the earth? Turn away from your fierce anger. change your mind about this terrible disaster you've threatened against your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You bound yourselves with an oath to them, saying, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in heaven, and I will give them all of this land that I have promised your descendants, and they will possess it forever. Exodus 32, 14. So the Lord changed his mind about the terrible disaster he had threatened to bring on his people. Here we go. And the Lord repented. Again, that same word, Naham, God changed his mind are you with me are you seeing what's going on here god changed his mind we see it again god changed his mind but hey that's only three verses let's look at another one here we go again john uh 3 10 um look at this it says and we could read all John. We're not going to. But jo- or excuse me, Jonah 310. This is Jonah 310. This is what we read at the beginning. When God saw what they had done, they put a stop at their evil ways. Boom. Changes his mind. And let's see. Um, this is just Jeremiah uh, 31.3. Hope for restoration. I'm going to Read these three verses. And that day, the Lord said, I will be the God of all families of Israel, and they will be my people. This is what the Lord says. Those who survive the coming destruction will find blessings in the barren land, for I will give rest to the people of Israel. Long ago, the Lord said, I have loved you, my people. And hold on. I'm not going to let you have this yet. Because I want to make the point first. I do believe that God is consistent and unchanging, but I think when we look at God's unchangingness, there is something that we have to realize. God's unchangingness is his character. People of good character can change their mind. And I'll give you an example. Uh, as a parent, um, you can your child can do something wrong. They can do something bad. They can do something where it's worthy of a punishment. Whatever it is, you know, timeout, spanking, grounding, whatever your punishment is. I'm not trying to get all into that. A child can do something worthy of, hey, you know what? There's discipline because of this. And you can say, because of what you've done, I'm, you know, I'm going to ground you for a month. And your child can say, I'm sorry. You know what? You're right. What I did wasn't okay. And I deserve to be grounded for a month. And have you, ever, have you ever as a parent, and if you're a parent watching, have you ever went, I think they get it. I don't want to ground them for a month. I don't want them to be punished. And then gone to your kid and said, you know what? I never wanna punish you. And I, and I believe that you get it. So I'm not gonna ground you. And I'm gonna trust you to make better decisions going forward. See, that's an example of saying, I'm gonna do something. You've proclaimed it. You've declared it. I'm going to ground you for this. And, and then when you see the heart of your child going, I know, I deserve it. I knew I'd get in trouble for this. And your heart repents. You turn back and go, hey, kid, let's go the direction we were supposed to go the whole time together. You You walk in the right way. And let me walk it with you because I love you. Here's the kicker. As a parent, no matter what your children do, you love them. I love my kids. They haven't always done right. I mean, they're great. My children, I'm sure every parent thinks this, but they're great. But they've all made their share of mistakes, just like I have. But they love me as their dad, no matter what. And I love them as my children, no matter what. And I always will forever. There's nothing they could do, ever, that would stop me from loving them. They could hate me. And I would never stop loving them. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the Bible refers to God as a loving father over and over again. And the Bible also says there's nothing, nothing we could do that would take us out of sin. There's nothing we could do that would stop God from loving us. See, when we think of God's unchangingness, perhaps. The unchanging nature the scripture refers to is God's character. And he has a character of a loving father. His character is love. And this is where I want to share this last verse with us, okay? In Jeremiah 31.3, it says, long ago, the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love, with unfailing love. I have drawn you to myself let me see this again the lord said to israel i have loved you my people with an everlasting love with an unfailing love i have drawn you to myself god's love never ends that's what never changes with god like any good parent we are his children And his love for us will never change. That's why Jesus came to pay the price. That's why there's nothing you can say or do that will change God's love for you. That's why there's nothing that you can do to be taken out of God's family. You might not know what Jesus did for you. You may not know God's love for you, but it doesn't change what Jesus did for you. And it doesn't change God's love for you. It doesn't. This is why oftentimes I get hung up when we talk about getting people saved. I believe Jesus did the saving. And my job is to help people understand that he did the saving. So they can turn from the path they're going back to the one that they were always supposed to be on. One where they're walking with their father in heaven who loves them. See, there's nothing that I could do to save myself from what I deserved based on my life. But Jesus paid the price thousands of years ago because there's nothing I could do. And so that person that you see that you go, oh man, they're hellbound. Well, if they are, then wouldn't that mean Jesus didn't get it done? See, a loving father doesn't just throw a life preserver to their kid who's drowning in the pool. A loving father jumps in and saves them. And That love with God never changes. Jesus wasn't a life preserver. He was a lifeguard. Jesus wasn't a little round floaty thrown in in the hopes that you'd care enough to grab it. I believe that the scriptures show us that God loved us so much that he dove in wrapped us up, and yanked us out of that drowning situation. But here's the challenge. We can go the rest of our lives ignoring the love that he has for us and miss out on the greatness of that relationship. The relationship, by the way, that is full of love that never changes. Or we can continue to ignore him live this life without experiencing all that love. And who knows in the age to come, who knows? If Jesus, if Jesus pulled us out of hell, it doesn't mean he set us into an amazing place of glory if we don't know him. See, there are some things that we can pick scriptures and try and say, this is for sure what it means and what it doesn't. But I can tell you one thing that I see in the scriptures that seems pretty clear and never seems to change, is God's love. And I'm going to show you on the screen why I believe that to be completely and totally true. In Jeremiah 31.3, Lord appeared of old saying, yeah, I've loved you with everlasting love. Olam. Everyone say it. Olam. Let me show you this, what this word means. Olam. Let's take a look at it, okay? It is in the King James translation, 439 Times, the word ever is Olam, everlasting is Olam, old, perpetual, evermore, never, time, ancient, world, always, always, long, more, okay? Long duration, futurity, forever, ever, everlasting, evermore, perpetual. Olam, you know what's never changing? God's love is Olam. That is what I believe the scripture writers that have been inspired by God. That's what they're trying to tell us about God's unchanging nature. So does God change his mind? Does God change his mind? Hey, Mohammed, you can ask any questions you want. And, uh, and if I can't answer it now live, I will answer it for you after the fact. If God never changes, we have to ask, what doesn't change? And it's got to align with the rest of what Jesus taught because Jesus was the only one to perfectly walk this earth. God's love never stops. It's everlasting. It never fails. He proved it by creating us to love us. He proved it by rescuing us with Jesus diving in. So as we wrestle with, does God change his mind? We see multiple stories from, you know, Jonah and Jeremiah and Exodus, where God had said, I'm gonna destroy, I'm gonna punish, I'm gonna bring bring the heat for what's being done. And people turned from their ways, and God's it says, God repented. God wasn't a sinner. Repent doesn't mean stop sinning. God turned directions and went back to the original direction that he intended for things to go all along. My friends, no matter what you've done, no matter where you're at, the the mistakes you've made in your life, you too can say, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to stop going the direction I'm going. I'm going to choose to follow Jesus. Maybe you don't know anything about him. If you need a Bible, head over to besaltandlight.church. Uh, drop a, fill out the comment form, drop a name in there with your name and address. If you live in the States, we'll buy one. We'll mail it to you free of charge. No strings attached. Uh, if you need some prayer, you can email me Matt at besaltonlight.church. I will happily pray for you. My wife and I will. And, uh, last but not least, I'm going to pop this not over my eyeballs this time. Uh, if you want to know about the house church stuff that we're launching soon, which is basically going to consist of—it's um, going to be one evening a week. It's going to be uh, short teachings, but similar to this, more like a Bible study than a sermon. Okay? But we're gonna—we're gonna wrestle with some things in the Scriptures, conversations that we all think about but don't always want to have out loud. Um, and uh, the whole idea behind this is to gather your friends, neighbors, people together, have them over, uh, watch a little 10 to 20 minute like Bible study digging in. We'll give you some guided questions to help you kick off the conversation, but then share a meal with those people in your home and talk about that stuff. It's not designed for you to just take what you hear, go home and go, well, that was right, Matt was right. But it's designed for you to go, hmm, the points that Matt was talking about things that Matt and Darrow were wrestling with in those conversations. Uh, let's wrestle with those ourselves. Let's get in the Bible. Let's pray. Let's read the scriptures. Let's ask God for some clarity. Friends, no matter what you believe, no matter where you're at, God loves you. Jesus loved you enough to do what he did, to wipe the slate clean. I want to encourage you, get to know him. If you don't know him, get to know him. Uh, I hear people say, if you don't know him, say this prayer. Now you got Jesus in your life. Jesus has always been there. Saying some magic words doesn't fix the problems in our lives. Okay, Making the conscious choice to follow Jesus does. If you don't know him, uh, it's hard to make a choice to follow someone you don't yet know, isn't it? open a Bible. You can download the Bible app for free. Uh, it's available on iPhone uh, and uh, Android. Um, this one this little one says Holy Bible, right? It's brown. Looks like that. Download the app. It's free. You can read in a whole bunch of different translations. I'm going to encourage you look at the NLT. It's a new living translation or the, the message, the MSG translation. They're pretty plain English, easy to read. E- and and um, the translations are really for the most part spot on as far as uh, getting the context from the original language. But start reading um, the book of Matthew. would be a great book to start reading. Um, if, if you've been somebody who's gone to church, but it never really connected, Matthew's a good book because he, Matthew was Jewish, writing to Jewish uh, people. And it was really aimed at people that already knew God, but didn't really know God. Um, they knew his words, but they didn't really know it in their heart. If you're somebody who's never gone to church and you, you're just digging into this journey, check out the book of Mark. Mark was written with the agenda of writing to uh, the Greco-Roman people, right? Greeks, Romans. It, it was written to in a more fast-paced way. Uh, because he knew that the culture he was writing to was a Hellenistic culture that had some specific beliefs. So his agenda is to write in a way that's a fast, exciting read. Um, So read the book of Mark. I I think that's a good one for those of us in Westerners, American culture. Uh, The book of Mark, uh, it moves faster, um, but the the depth is just as powerful. Um, So read Jesus' own words. Now, in the Bible app, if you choose the CSB version, the Christian Standard Bible, it highlights Jesus' words in red and uh, that helps his words stand out so you know that it's him uh, like him being quoted in there him speaking so but if you need a bible you want a paper one head over to be church we'll hook you up if you need some prayer or have questions email them to me I promise I'll answer them on the show live. I'll I'll dig in. I'll, I'll answer them. And if I can't answer them, I'll also live, honestly tell you, I don't know the answer to that. And I'll dig in and wrestle more. If you want updates on the house church ministry that we're kicking off, if you're somebody who says, Hey, I'm not somebody who teach the Bible uh, or anything like that, but, but I would open my home up and I would be happy to like facilitate conversation about it. um, And, uh, and I invite people over for a meal or potluck or whatever. Text the word church to 833 592 and we'll text you updates when stuff becomes available. By the way, all of that, it's, it's all free. This is free. This is free. This isn't like the um, training stuff that I do, right, uh, that people pay for different things uh, that they buy that I've created. This is is free. This is disciple making. None of this costs you anything. This is just the free, right? We're going to provide this the the resources the 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 question guides the all the the teaching all that's free it doesn't cost a penny we just want to help people get to know jesus and the love that god has for you so uh, text church to eight three three five two four zero five nine two thanks for tuning in to my morning bible studies this week we got uh, another one coming at you tomorrow i like to do this uh, monday through friday uh, during the week just to kind of keep keep us fed during the week right uh, I heard um, the pastor at the church we attend down here um, had talk, was talking about something. Oops, <laughs> just hit the button on my uh, HomePod mini. Um, he, he was talking about uh, people are living Sunday. A lot of Christians live Sunday to Sunday instead of glory to glory. Uh, the goal of this live Bible study is I wrestle with the Bible every morning, and I figured why not just do it live with you guys um, so that we can become more than Sunday Christians and become people who are walking with god daily so i just want to tell you guys how much i appreciate you and i love you and i'm so grateful that you tune in if you liked this would you please like comment and share it out so others can see it too Uh, i think it would help them and it would also help me and i would appreciate that so thanks if you want to learn more about me by the way and who i am um i suppose uh probably a good idea to to give you a way to do that because a lot of folks maybe don't just don't know me if you head over to mattkeynig.com Matt with one T, because the nurse couldn't spell, K-O-E-N-I-G.com. There's a whole bunch of resources about me and who I am, things like that. Or you can go to Amazon.com, type my name in, and you can grab my newest uh, book that's published, or second to newest, called uh, Now I See, Looking for Jesus in Christianity. Listen, like you, I'm a a regular dude uh, who is just in love with God and, and trying to live more along the lines of how Jesus taught us to. Not perfectly doing it. Uh, And failing all the time. uh, Because that's the reality of the flesh of being a human. But I would love to invite you to join me on the journey. So join us. Thanks again for tuning in, you guys. I love you. I appreciate you. And remember, no matter where you're at in your life, you're just one moment away from making the turn and walking the rest of that life out with Jesus right beside you. And actually knowing it and knowing him. See you tomorrow.